Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to The Poisoner's Cabinet. I'm Sinead. And I'm Nick. And this is your weekly podcast exploring the lives of the great poisoners and macabre murders from across the centuries and creating curious cocktails inspired by the tales that we tell. And it's episode 140. Damn, out of those damn 30s. Out of those damn 30s and straight into Christmas. It is Christmassy times. It is our Christmas episode. It is the merriest day of the year, two days before it happens. (laughs) Yay. Yes, absolutely. This is the closest we're going to get to Christmas. Well, it's the merriest day because our, our episode comes out absolutely uh, everyone is very jolly everyone now can start celebrating Christmas yes. don't you dare do it a day before <laughs> if you did then you have angered all the Christmas all the Christmas gods ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, how are you Nick I'm alright yeah, gearing up ready well one more day to go work one more day at work so that's always good now you work in retail how mad is it at the moment not in the slightest the retail <laughs> I do is entirely not Christmas based <laughs> right it's people not. do not come and buy a sofa two days before Christmas no one panic buys so no one panic buys sofas <laughs> at this at this stage so it's great so it's absolutely dead oh some big millionaire is going to walk in on Christmas Eve or whenever the last day of trading is tomorrow oh is it tomorrow yeah. oh, oh yeah so when this comes out we're recording this in advance oh yes I'll be well closed by then oh tomorrow <laughs> oh no tomorrow someone's going to walk in and go I need all the sofas you have oh, sir that's fine now to do with me <laughs> <laughs> you're just going to close the door in their face Mm-mm, not my problem yeah not in this office you don't <laughs> that sounds like a 2023 problem hey Oh, well, big love to everyone who is working in retail, who is working over Christmas, because we know not everyone celebrates Christmas. You may be celebrating Hanukkah. You may be celebrating your own religion. You may not give a shit about Christmas at all, but we hope you're happy, you're healthy. And if you are working and looking after people, then we're thinking of you and we're here. We're here for our special Christmassy episode. Yeah, you keep on going about how Christmassy this episode is going to be. <laughs> no, I need to dial that down a bit. <laughs> well, I'm bringing the Christmas spirit. You, you bring some Christmas. Okay, because I've got none. <laughs> and in by Christmas spirit, I mean the booze. So generally with Christmas episodes, because this is our third one. Which is a bit mad. This is mad. Three mad. years. Three years. Oh. Who would have thunk it? Been a journey. Well, it has. As is tradition with the Christmas episode, we like to ramp up the booze a little and find any way to sort of work in a Christmas fact <laughs> or two. Work in a few more. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but your episode is nice and secular. Entirely though. non-Christmas based. So okay. anyone can enjoy it at any time of year. Good old fashioned non-Christmassy murder. <laughs> <laughs> any poisonings this week? Don't believe so. I think it is Christmas, so I think it would be rude to poison people at such a time. Yes. Wait until the big day. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
Wait until you've got a nice crowd or the rage of January is upon you. I have no poisonings. Well I had a very nice day today. I went to a wildlife centre, which is more of like a wildlife park, which is a great one in Kent, very near us. It's all about native English species being protected. And back in the olden days, we had bison and we had bears and we had wolves roaming the countryside. Yeah, so that's what's there. That's what there. And I got to see a baby bear. A baby bear. Who wasn't in hibernation because they're just babies and they're like, hello. <laughs> I don't want to sleep. <laughs> and I saw a Christmas horse. Christmas horse, okay. There's a reindeer. There's a reindeer. And yeah. a Christmas pigeon and a Christmas beaver and a Christmas elk. The elk was huge. Right. How was, it, how was the elk particularly Christmassy? I don't, it came at me and right. I just ran. <laughs> just, okay. It was pulling a sleigh full of dead people. Right, okay. Santa <laughs> on his back with a whip. Going, ah. <laughs> It was a terrifying, terrifying scene. Terrifying, terrifying scene. <laughs> and I saw two ravens kissing. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. Ravens kiss because one raven goes up to the other raven and, <laughs> and it holds, that raven holds the other raven's beak in its in its beak. Does it? It just They just sit there and, and one holds the other beak and that's, that's, that's kissing. No, that's one raven telling the other one to shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> in a very still, <laughs> chilling very, way. Exactly, yeah. No words are spoken, just like, no, shush. That's what that is. I Raven hope it is. Own heart. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> no. So enough of that. If they saw me coming, they were like, Shh, it's that mad woman who thinks she can talk to you. <laughs> we're standing there going. <laughs> she thinks she's one of us. It's very weird. <laughs> she's putting the wings on. It's getting weirder. <laughs> hey, hey, that beaver and I had a connection. That sounds wrong. Really oh, God. Whoa, really whoa. don't want to know. No, no, no. It was a little curled <laughs> up hybrid. You know what? No. Stop there. Moving on. <laughs> my what i don't know i don't know what i don't know what to say hey, beaver based shenanigans beaver based shenanigans <laughs> tis the season <laughs> for beavers <laughs> tis the season for beaver based shenanigans <laughs> well speaking of beaver based shenanigans and celebrating the end of the year however you choose i think it is time for us to thank our delicious patreon subscribers absolutely and i think this week we will say thank you to everyone who has been with us over well, yes over the past three years mm. this crazy crazy time thank you to those who uh, have been with us since the beginning thank you to those of you who joined us last week you're all bloody marvelous we so appreciate you we appreciate all of the cyanide connoisseurs who started and joined us this year we really couldn't do this without you everything that you do and your support on patreon helps to support this show it helps us to carry on and keep making new content for you there's going to be a lot of fun on patreon during the christmas break we are taking a break next week from the main episode there will be no main episode next week because it's christmas we're all over the place we're doing stuff we need to have a bit of a sleep yep. but there will be extra content going out on patreon and we're doing a special q a deadly nightcaps so a chance for all of the subscribers of that channel to ask us mad questions nice questions slightly uh, questions <laughs> And we'll see what happens. <laughs> and also, we have shared on social media, but we have donated this year to Porchlight, which is a local charity in Canterbury. Details of our charity are on social media. So if you're able to support them, please check them out and donate if you can. Well, Nick, are you ready? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Took me by surprise, though. <laughs> That's what I do. I'm like Santa coming down the chimney. Well, Nick, will I look in my sack? <laughs> Did drink cocktails and talk about Christmas poison? Christmas, we're back on the Christmas again. Mm. Or mm. we could drink poison and talk about Christmas cocktails. Christmas cocktails. 
Oh, now you have me intrigued. Indeed. <laughs> well, should we should we go with cocktails to start Let's with? Let's cocktails and see where they devolve to. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Hooray! 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 It is Nick's story this week, but we can't, we can't, we can't possibly have a story without a cocktail in hand. As you know, dear listeners, every week we choose a secret ingredient that is inspired by the tale that we tell, and it will flavor our cocktail of the week. Nick's story, so his pick, and the secret mm. ingredient this week is the lovely lion. A Lion. A lovely lion. Fluffy, lovely. Fluffy, lovely, roary lion. King of the jungle. You, the story's not Christmassy, so no. we're not going with the lion, witch, and the wardrobe kind not of thing. Not a traditional Christmas lion. <laughs> no. That was, that was famously at the nativity. <laughs> the Christmas lion at the nativity. So many children so, died. So, but no, it's not that. It's, it's just not a, that. It's just a standard Just a standard, standard lion. lion. <laughs> okay, good. So with a lion as your ingredient, your inspiration, what have you come up with? Well, we are having a white lion. Uh, white like snow. White, well, that's Christmas Eve. That's, that's Christmas. I, I hadn't <laughs> thought of that. Well done. <laughs> That's a Christmas lion. That's a Christmas. It's not made of snow. Is it not? It's a snow lion. Is there a snow lion? No, snow leopard. I say you get snow leopards. You get snow lions. Uh, no, no, probably not. No, no. You have a snow leopard. You can have a liger and a tyan and a lily and a tai tai, where they mix them together. But you can also have no, they do. Yes, I know they do. Not mix them in a big bowl. The way I did that gesture there, (laughs) like in a blender, cut one in half and put them together. (laughs) Island island Doctor Moreau thing going on. (laughs) Not quite where we're going with that. I was making a lovely white lion cocktail, and you're creating all sort of weird, crazy hybrids. So a white lion. A white lion sounds delightfully festive. I think it is time for us to merrily skip into the poisonous cabinet kitchen and shake up a storm. So we'll see you in a minute. We'll see you in a minute. And we're back. Hello. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. So Nick, a white lion. Yeah. Snowy lion. It doesn't look very white. No. It looks looks like a normal coloured lion, actually. (laughs) It looked... Well, see, the thing is, it looks a lot whiter in the picture because I think it's it's meant to go with crushed ice. Oh. I didn't have any crushed ice. I actually, in a very unprepared way, only had a few really big chunky ice cubes left. Mm -hmm. So I thought if I smash them up, then there's going to be very little crushed ice. Yeah. So I left it as one big chunky cube. Okay. So I think, it, yes, with more ice, it would be more whiter. But did it look white in the pictures? In the picture, this, it is golden. Yes, this is this golden. This is more of a, of a traditional lion colour, <laughs> I feel. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's, a li- it's a white lion in disguise. Yeah, it's a normal lion. It's a normal lion. <laughs> it's put on a tan. <laughs> Ooh, it looks nice. And it's a brown drink, which always uh, serves as well. So, well, Merry Christmas, Merry Nick. Christmas. Ooh, Merry let's, Christmas. Let's, let's dive in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sharp, tangy. Yeah. Meh. 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 It's all right. I don't quite. I quite like that. No, I don't mind that actually because that's quite. <laughs> it's not unpleasant. As the first cocktail on Christmas Day. Well, yeah, that very very fair point. Because yep. it tastes very citrusy. Yep. And it's not heavy. It's not really powerfully strong or no. anything like that. Very refreshing. Yes, refreshing. So, so yeah. when when you're preparing your canapes and you're putting the turkey in the oven, this is a nice one to have. Very true. Okay, so I'm gonna hazard a guess mm. or two. That no. is there orange juice in this? No, there's not orange juice. No, lime juice. Yes. Okay, lime juice. Cointreau. I know there's Cointreau because you said there was Cointreau in it at one point. I saw the bottle. I saw the bottle. I went <gasps> my eyes. Um. So Cointreau lime juice. What else is in there? Stuff. Rum. There is rum. Dark rum. There is dark rum. Yay! <laughs> There's some darkened rum. Are there other things? There is 
one other. I th- will give you one and a half other things. Okay. Is the there's some bitters? There is some bitters. Two and a half other things. Then I forgot about bitters. <laughs> and then there's bitters, like normal bitters. Mm-hmm. Uh, sugar. Yes. I'm trying. Can you taste it? You can taste it. The other thing that I'm seeing an interest in if you get. Is there something cherry? You're not far off. Oh. It's not cherry, but you're in the right ballpark. Some, some fruit. Yes. Fruit. It's got fruit in it's it. It's got some fruitiness. Pineapple. No. Loganberry. <laughs> it's got some raspberry. Oh. It's got a raspberry syrup in there. No, I mean a tiny oh. amount. Okay. But you can, you can taste it. Yes, there's and definitely... Yeah, there's definitely a fruity thing in the back. I knew it was raspberry because I made it. But yeah, a cherry is a very good guess. <laughs> if you were pouring stuff in that you didn't know what it was, I'd worry. But, but mm. no, it's, And it's a tiny amount. It's like a sixth of an ounce, but you can yes. taste it. See, I like this. This is a nice long drink. It's fruity. It's refreshing. Not too much alcohol in there. You've got rum and uh, oh, contro. Yeah. Yeah, and then you had some fruitiness to tap yeah, it up. Absolutely. And is the raspberry liqueur a boozy liqueur? Or just no, no, it's just, just a syrup, just a money um, syrup. Um, so no alcohol involved there at all. But what's interesting is, because it is quite sharp. It is, it is. It is quite sharp. It's not just lime juice that goes in there. Mm. So you actually, you sort of um, zest your limes beforehand and you're expressing the oils into your shaker, into oh. your tin. Then you're putting the discarded peelings in the tin Oh. as well and then you're squishing your lime juice and getting wow. your lime juice and things so when you shake it you're getting a lot more of that bitter mm. thing that you get from the zest and from the oil and it, it really comes out yeah in definitely. that which ordinarily you wouldn't do that you just have the lime juice you don't want that extra bitterness but this has got it and it works very not it works very well yeah and there's a bit of sugar syrup in there and then you've got some sweetness from the raspberry as well i think that's really nicely I, balanced actually, the more i'm i've had a few sips now and it's like yeah no <laughs> actually goes. the flavor is yeah it builds and it's yeah, not, not so mad. Annoyingly unwhite. Un- unwhite. <laughs> but then I think over crushed ice. See, what would it do with crushed ice? Probably it wouldn't be as strong. I because I don't like drinks see, over I'm crushed ice. I'm generally not a crushed, crushed ice. Crushed ice. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's fine in some summary things. Oh, we had. I mean, the shark bite. I always go back to that one. That's a really good crushed crushed ice because drink. it's a bit of theatre. Because it's a bit of theatre in there. But yeah. I, otherwise, I think you just get too much dilution and you end up with just water. Um, but a big chunky of ice keeps it chilled. Absolutely. And that's the way to serve it. I like it. Ooh, the white lion. We have it by our side. We shall we shall mount the white lion and ride it towards the Storyville. Ride it into battle. Going, Merry Christmas. And then we get there and it goes, none of that. None of that. We may have a couple of extra drinks for Christmas coming up. But in the meantime, <laughs> it's a time for his journey. It is certainly time for a story. Woo. So, this week, we have the story of Charlie Peace. Charlie Peace, a notorious, notorious he was, 19th century cat burglar <gasps> and murderer. Ooh, oh, a cat burglar. A cat burglar. We've got how, a bit of a burglaring going on. How desperately romantic. And Absolutely. Horrific. There's <laughs> <laughs> so a man who evaded arrest for years Ooh. before finally being brought to justice. Nice. But we are not going to start with Charlie. We're going to start with his Charlie's father, John appears to be a very fascinating man as well so okay. i thought oh i like that i'm gonna tell you about john as well okay <laughs> um so john please um he was a collier in burton-on-trent right down the coal mines but then one day there was a horrendous accident oh. um in the mine and he lost a leg oh god he lost Why? a leg so he was still a young man at this point um, but he's no longer able to work laboring is what he does he's a, he's gone he can't do that with one leg very very difficult he searches desperately for a way to support himself so what do you do when you need a fresh start you need to find somewhere i can make a go with this with one leg. With one leg, you join the circus. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> he joins Wombwell's Wild Beast Show. What? <laughs> Say it again slowly. 
Wombwells. Wombwells. W O M B W E W L S. Wombwells. Wombles. 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 Wild Beast Show. Wild Beast Show. Absolutely. Oh, this is not going to be good for animal welfare. <laughs> I imagine not. I oh. imagine. I imagine not. Did but they have a Christmas horse? Very possibly. I don't know. They don't mention a Christmas horse specifically. Mm. Um, but it turns out that John has quite the affinity with the wild animals. Oh. And he quickly earns himself a reputation as a very skilled and talented one-legged lion tamer. <laughs> I mean, that that's a great, <laughs> bold job to go into absolutely. with one leg. Absolutely, You would watch that, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, absolutely. And people do. Come from miles around. I mean, he, he must have some sort of prosthetic or something going yes. on. Um, he's not just hopping around the place with he a with might a be. Is he feeding them bits of flesh from his leg? I, I think his leg may be removed by this point. No, no, but from the stump. <laughs> One would hope not. Maybe that's how he has the affinity with them. Because that seems very unpleasant. <laughs> they see him as a source of snack. Mm-hmm. People come from all over to, to, to witness... These, the, his skills and his daring do um, and at one of these performances he meets uh, Jane who has come to marvel at all this the two soon marry and they go on to have a lovely family mm. now we know that Charlie was born in 1832 and he is the youngest of four children mm-hmm. the eldest son we don't know his name but he was all set to follow in his father's footsteps into the circus into the lion taming game until oh. one day during training no one of the lions became enraged <gasps> from all the random poking and et the young lad <gasps> that's awful and yet oh my god <laughs> oh my god indeed how, how old was he we don't know we don't know we don't know but we're thinking it must be I'm, I'm thinking probably early teens sort well, I of I suppose if he was training he was training to follow after his father and things so he must have been relatively young yeah. if, if you're going to hit a lion a lot with yeah. a big stick and a whip and go dance dance you're gonna get eaten yeah the unpleasant things are gonna happen and, and they very much did Ooh, now obviously dear. John and Jane are distraught by the death of their, their eldest son by lion and John leaves the circus he goes no, no more of this and he goes to settle in Sheffield and this is where Charlie is born with strict instructions to stay away from lions <laughs> as they are known to roam Sheffield <laughs> they do they roam the streets I know we were talking about native species to England <laughs> so, well, actually there were lions a while ago not, not in the 1830s I thought. not in the 1830s no but way back when Weren't there? I don't think. I don't know if there were lions. No, were there not, they're, they're mm. mentioned a lot in the days of in in folklore and things and lions in England. I, I, I maybe. I, I think you may be making, making shit this up. up. I, yeah. You know what? There were wolves and there were bears. Yeah, absolutely. There might have been the odd lion. Yeah, absolutely. And kangaroos. They were they were bouncing around the place. Hey, there dragons, are dragons. Wa- lots of dragons. <laughs> of course, there were dragons. Obviously, there's Obviously dragons. There were dragons. <laughs> there are wallabies in Kent. They hop around. There's some loose. Right. There are. Okay, now enough of that. <laughs> now we've got to move on to Charlie. Move on to Charlie. Okay. We're here to talk about Charlie. But that was the lion's But that bit. was the lion bit, because right. great. <laughs> so, nothing to do with Charlie nothing whatsoever. Nothing to do with Charlie. But, but his, uh, his, his father was a famous lion table tamer. His brother got eaten by a lion. Obviously, you're going to tell that story. That's exactly. Yeah. These, and he grew up with a lifelong fear of lions. Fear of lions, yeah. And so, yeah. Lions have heavily influenced his life, I feel. We're going to a cat burglar. <laughs> so, but by all accounts, I mean... He is a terrible student when he's 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 young. It quickly becomes apparent that he has inherited his father's sort of showmanship. Mm. Um, really, he's mostly remembered for pulling pranks and being the sort of the class clown. Does not go down particularly well at a Victorian school. 
Not so much, no. They're not really up for the pranks and the the clowning around. (laughs) He's going to be hit by a ruler a lot. He's He's going to have flashbacks to the lion (laughs) tamings. He leaves school as soon as he is able to, as soon as he is legally able to, um, and he goes to work at the local steel mill. But in a slightly terrifying echo of his father's life, at the age of 14, an accident in the factory (gasps) sends a red-hot steel rod through his leg. Uh. He ends up in hospital for a year and a half, 18 months, convalescing in hospital. But he doesn't just stay around, lie around feeling sorry for himself. He learns to play the violin while he's in hospital. He's lying there and he says... Feeling sorry for himself, feeling clearly. Sorry himself. <laughs> and then, but then playing. The, I'm not going to just lie here and go, "Ooh, where is me?" I need gonna, a violin to back I'm this up. I'm going to learn how to play the violin. Yes, if he was entertaining so he people, that's fine. Otherwise, he's the bastard in the bed who was really <laughs> milking this. Were all of his family's legs cursed? Yeah, absolutely. Legs were not good for there for this family. <laughs> the father worked in a circus. There was a gypsy who told fortunes <laughs> there, and she placed a terrible curse on the yeah. leg of every man who was born. Yeah, and they were like, "This is weird." Yeah, I mean, actually, Charlie ended having his kneecap removed um, because of the, the damage to his, to his head. He didn't lose the leg like his father, but he was severely crippled, really, for the rest of his... How does that work if you don't have a kneecap? I don't know. Put some twigs in there, some wood. <laughs> Make a new one out of... <laughs> Again, 1830s, not 1100s, where they just <laughs> Make fill it with bees. Wood, wooden kneecap or something. <laughs> they probably had metal. <laughs> or metal kneecap, then. I don't know. It's made of stainless steel. You can't get it wet. <laughs> <laughs> now, the misfortune in Charlie's family really... It seems to continue after he is released from hospital as his father dies um, pretty much as soon as he is released now Charlie is unable to find any sort of labouring work that he's used to his, his injury has left him he can't really do much so he starts working with a locksmith something Ooh. you can do when sitting down which is quite handy and he learns how to make and picks locks <laughs> <laughs> it's a useful skill to have oh dear really. god yes um, now apparently the, the wage he was getting from this uh, from the locksmith was not particularly suitable or enough for him to survive on so at some point we know that he started dabbling in a a life of crime so we do know that in october of 1851 charlie is found in possession of stolen goods goods that have been burgled from an old lady's house (gasps) charlie however due to his previous excellent reputation he is let off relatively lightly with only a single month in jail so he's not been caught for anything before he's he's always i.e first offense first first offense yeah absolutely and he's got a good sort of character reference from people and things like that he plays the violin very well (laughs) criminals don't do that he was in court just playing the violin going oh my heartstrings are being tugged how could we send him away (laughs) on his release a month later he decides he's going to forget all about the criminal ways no not at all and he's going to earn a living as a musician He's going to put his violin playing skills to use. He's uh, very accomplished in his in his playing, Ooh. and he's able to pick up a few coins here and there. But no matter how good he is, he's not able to get into the sort of rooms that will let him earn a decent living. Right. Um, he's still a crippled working class lad from Sheffield. Yeah. Really, he's not going to get into the fancy houses and earn the big bucks playing a violin, no matter how good he is. And it's the 1800s. It's not like jazz has been invented yet or anything fun, really, yeah. with music. So he's he's busking on street corners. He might get a few coins thrown in. Yeah. He's, he's doing rounds in pub where everyone's shouting and drinking yeah. and stuff like that. Hey, there's nothing wrong with the session, no, right? absolutely. But he's not earning a living out of it. He can't, no, he God, can't no. do... In 1854, he is arrested for burglary again this time he receives four years in jail um, his girlfriend at the time and his sister who are found in possession of some of the stolen goods they receive six months each oh, for their part in the, the crime absolutely so it's his girlfriend and his sister and his sister not the same uh, girl- person girlfriend comma and his sister two separate people for a minute I was like 
Really? Two, two separate people. On his release in 1858, he goes straight back again to his life of crime. Still a little bit of violining on the side, but mainly crime, <laughs> um, really. In 1859, he's married to Hannah Ward as a widow and has a, a young son of her own. And mm-hmm. very soon after the wedding, Charlie's in trouble again. No. In the summer of that year, there be, had been a series of burglaries in Manchester, which had the police confounded, really. They had no idea um, who was pulling off such feats. Really? Until on the 12th of August, a farm worker discovers a huge pile of loot hidden in a hole in a field. It obviously <laughs> used as some sort of meeting point for thieves yeah. and it's all being concealed there. The worker nicely notifies the police rather than just running off with big piles of loot he's the, he, the most noble man in the world noble, yeah, absolutely he tells the police of his of this discovery and the cunning constable lays a trap Ooh. he lies in wait to see who is going to come to retrieve this hidden treasure he doesn't lie in the middle of the field does he, no, he lies hoping a to be camouflaged <laughs> under a bush or something like that <laughs> he's a lion <laughs> under a haystack <laughs> you know they were native to england so this isn't actually quite weird <laughs> Who should come along to this big old pile of loot but Charlie Peace? Charlie. The, the constable springs from his hiding place and arrests the rather surprised Charlie. Mm. This time it's six years in prison, oh. leaving his wife to fend for herself. Mm-mm. He's out by 1864. 1866, he's inside again. He is arrested. Mm. He, this time while he's in prison, he received news that his wife has given birth to a son. Charlie is a father and he is desperate to get out and meet his, his newborn son. Mm. So he decides it's time to escape. Oh, the only okay. <laughs> change <laughs> my ways. Escape. escape from prison. Um, he uses a homemade saw, a saw made of tin, um, and a makeshift ladder to cut a hole in the ceiling of his cell. Where was he in jail? In some sort of cardboard box? Yes. What? <laughs> some sort. Of... He's able to use a saw to... and a homemade ladder. So perhaps a wooden ceiling or something. In wooden his... ceiling. In his... We have wooden ceilings. I know, but it's a jail. They wouldn't have put a bit of metal on there? No, apparently not. <laughs> Again, he, I say, he was in a shed somewhere. He, he got through with a homemade saw and a makeshift ladder. Oh, my he God. He got through the ceiling. Okay, he's MacGyver then. Absolutely. So as he, as he is clambering out of this hole, a guard just happens to be, just on, his, happens to be on, on his rounds at the, at the time. <laughs> um, and he sees charlie's legs dangling through this hole and he tries to to grab him and <laughs> grapple him back down again but charlie manages to get free and he's he's out he's out of the hole and he's on the roof he's on the prison roof which uh, does not sound stable which is not ideal but he but he he's up there and he makes his way to the governor's apartments oh, oh okay i'm <laughs> planning he's going to steal some clothes from yeah. the governor's apartments okay this time now the prison is now on high alert um, charlie Pease <laughs> has, has escaped the there's a man on the roof <laughs> charlie doesn't manage to get the clothes from the apartment quick mm. enough the apartments are searched and he is caught of course extending his jail sentence considerably Mm. by the time he is released in 1872 his son is dead his son has passed away um, at, a, at a young age. Oh, that's very sad. So he didn't even get to meet his son. Well, that's a sad um, twist. Absolutely, which is not not fun at all. And he was trying. He was trying he to was get trying out. He was trying to get out, absolutely. I mean, he is yeah. around 40 years old now, and he has nearly spent half his life in prison. Mm. Not ideal. He is determined this time he is not going to fall back into his old life. He finds work as a picture framer. Nice. A very civilized job absolutely Indeed. so and he does that and it turns out he has a natural talent for the for the craft and he <laughs> um <laughs> he was um, done with his criminal life picture framing is the way forward i mean you just basically have to go there are four sides 
But you've got to measure it and cut it at the right angles and yes. mount things and all that sort of stuff. Doesn't sound that hard. You couldn't do it. I can't I do couldn't it. do it. <laughs> I think there's a skill I, I, involved there to I, do it well. <laughs> which is why we take go to the shop around the corner and pay hundreds of pounds to get pictures framed. That is true. That is true. There is a great picture frame. And I recently found out they have no website, no social media. They just come in here to get things framed. Exactly. We know you need us. Uh, However, I would say picture framing, not the hardest thing. I think I could give it a bloody good go. I think I could work out that there's four sides and a bit of class. Right. I would I would I would challenge you on that one. It's not like brain surgery. To say it would be a shit picture frame. <laughs> I'm going to make you a picture frame, Nick. And I will wave it in your face. And it would fall apart in your hands. Fine. He is the greatest genius there England we has go. ever known. I'm glad we agree. <laughs> In 1874, he makes the acquaintance of Arthur and Catherine Dyson. Now, Arthur, really? is, an en- yeah, Arthur is an engineer um, who works he's, on the railroad. He's not related, is he? Uh, very possibly, distantly. What, engineer Dyson? Maybe so. Maybe so. I don't okay. know. But he works uh, on the railroad. He works, he's an engineer on the railroad. Catherine is an American woman. Um, they had met eight years previously when Arthur was travelling in America. They had met, fallen in love, and Catherine had returned to the UK with him. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Catherine is a very attractive woman. Um, she's in her mid-twenties or so. Charlie, so Charlie's quite a bit older, and he becomes quite smitten with the young Catherine. Um, and she with him, really, and they become very close. Now, we don't know exactly how close. Why are you doing this with your fingers? I don't know. How <laughs> close. This close. Nick's just doing the two fingers, the finger and the thumb. Yeah. They, they were this, this close. This close. This, this close. close. This, this close. close. I'm crushing your head. Crushing your head. <laughs> Charlie would later claim that she had become his mistress. Okay. Catherine denied it. Of course she Never would. happened. The lady never tells. But they did spend a great deal of time together and mm-hmm. enjoyed it, each other's company. However, at some point in 1875, Catherine starts to pull back slightly and she tries to break off mm. this this relationship. It's getting a bit weird now. Charlie doesn't seem to take the hint at this um. and he refuses and begins pretty much stalking her. Is it because they kissed by him holding her lips yes. with his lips? That's like exactly how kissing, kissing works. <laughs> so. It's the finger thing. <laughs> Arthur is n- not too happy about this. He wasn't overly happy with Charlie's relationship with his wife in this first place. But, the, but yeah. the, the stalking is, no, is not so good either. But now there are threats coming from Charlie. Oh, Charlie. If he on. can't have Catherine, then no one can have Catherine. Um. Arthur is really, really worried. He goes to the police. Charlie's make, the Charlie Pierce is making these threats against my wife. And he's a hardened criminal. And he's a criminal, absolutely. So something has to be done. The police end up putting out a warrant for Charlie's arrest. But Charlie gets wind of this and he moves back to Hull where they seem to lose him in the mass of people there and they can't track him down though however he still continues to sort of torment the Dysons really by like popping up at random and going hello (laughs) 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 from behind trees and things like that (laughs) I can still see you that's Uh, a way to stalk someone isn't it don't do it subtly hi (laughs) and he he ends up getting back into his old burglar in ways I mean pretty much as a way to fund his stalking really travel around and follow them about and stuff like that that's very upsetting yeah he's now making stalking his profession his profession it would seem Uh, with a bit of burglary on the side so on the night of the 1st of August 1876 Charlie is attempting to break into a house in Manchester um, when he is spotted by two policemen Mm -hmm. The, the policemen call out and try and grab him and Charlie makes a run for it but one of the, pe- the policemen a PC Nicholas Cock manages to catch him and I knew we were going to smirk at that uh, <laughs> let's just hear that again What's PC a- Nicholas 
Cock. So he'd be known as PC. PC Cock. PC Cock. PC Cock. For Christmas. <laughs> a cock for Christmas. Yep. Yay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, now, unfortunately for PC Caught Cock. By a cock. Uh, Charlie has a revolver. Ooh, shit. And he shoots the PC. He brought a gun to a cockfight. He brought a gun. To- <laughs> <laughs> and oh, he you d- laughed. I did. A terrible, terrible, terrible <laughs> joke. He does manage to make his escape and the constable later dies of his wounds. He is, Charlie is now a cop killer. He has murdered a constable. You were so close to saying cock killer. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't, did no. I? But we all thought it. Yes, you thought it. <laughs> However, it turned out to be quite lucky for Charlie. The murder is pinned on another local man, William oh. Habron. William had been arrested for being drunk and disorderly only a few days earlier by PC Cock and had threatened to do him in as he was dragged into the cells. Um, other policemen had also reported seeing someone matching William's description hanging around the area of the murder. Mm. I mean, what more evidence could you ask for, really? Absolutely. In, someone, William. in, a, in a murder trial. Um, but the judge is a sensible man. He does advise the jury. It's not the strongest of cases yeah. against against William. You might want to think about it. The jury go, nope, no, nope, definitely him. <laughs> Absolutely, William is going to hang. Yes. For, the, oh, for this, this crime. Now, the judge, he, the, he is found guilty. The judge has no choice but to pass a sentence to. of death. The jury there. are like, let's have lunch. Yeah, now let's have lunch. Now, throughout this rather short trial, Charlie Pierce is in the gallery. <gasps> no, he's not. He's watching the whole thing. Oh, they're cold. Yeah, cold. he's watching well, he's the... a stalker. Yeah. He he's likes, into he watching. He likes to watch. Oh, my... You bastard. <laughs> now, apparently, he often attended murder trials, just for a bit of fun, really. Why Ooh, Why not? Research. And, yeah, and this one is against a man, yeah, who was wrongly accused of his crime. He could not resist mm. sitting there and seeing it all go down. Now, thankfully for William Habron, there was a petition in the papers calling on the Home Secretary to intervene in this, saying it Ooh. was so flimsy yeah. uh, a reason to hang a man. And the Home Secretary does actually intervene. Um, and the sentence is commuted to life imprisonment. Okay. Still not great for William, but no. better than better than going to the gallows, really, at the Absolutely. moment. Absolutely. Oh, that's good. That's good news. So, yeah. So, Charlie has got off scot-free with shooting PC Cock. Mm-hmm. Um, and someone else has been imprisoned for life for the crime. I mean, you would go and sit in on the trial just kind of go, let me just get all the notes here of how I got away how with I this. got away with this, absolutely. <sighs> how everyone else has really fucked it up. <laughs> now, Charlie's feud with the Dysons, it's its ongoing. It does come to a head in November, the end of November. Charlie had gone to visit Sheffield in order, <laughs> in order to bring a local vicar what he claimed was proof of Arthur's and Catherine's low moral character. <laughs> now, what the vicar was going to do with this, what the proof was... Unfortunately, I do not know. But I want to know what can be construed as proving that they had low moral character. To a vicar. So I suppose at the time it can then be grounds for divorce, I guess. Well, well, but but Catherine and Arthur don't want divorce. divorce. They're they're very happily married. They could be shamed. So yes, that's his idea, to to shame them. But they're a married couple. They're not doing anything wrong in that regard. He could be arrested, though, I suppose, for prostitution or things like that. So maybe he could be like, oh, they're they're low moral character. They're they're paying for the sex everywhere they go. he, He seemingly thinks he has this evidence that he can indeed shame Arthur and Catherine and, and humiliate them for whatever reason. <laughs> After he leaves the vicar, he spends the afternoon celebrating his cleverness in the pub, really going, of how course. marvellous I am. <laughs> a drink for everyone here who has shamed <laughs> yeah, someone. absolutely. But then as so often happens after a few drinks, bad ideas start to sound like really good ideas. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh, let's hear these. And he decides to pay a visit to the Dyson's house. Oh, God. That afternoon. Absolutely. It'd be a great plan. Absolutely. No. Yeah. 
where he, he finds Catherine in the garden. She's tending to her flowers and threatens to shoot her <gasps> if she doesn't come and speak to him. Just how I want to chat, but I want to chat by gunpoint. Yes. <laughs> just I just want to talk. I just want to talk. I have a handgun. Hand Absolutely. Now Arthur hears the the shouting and the commotion coming from the garden. Would and he be drunken commotion as well? Yeah, Charlie's Charlie's Charlie uh, yeah, waving yeah, a revolver. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he goes out to to confront Charlie. Mm. When Arthur goes out, Catherine runs back into the house and she hears two shots ring out. She runs back outside to see what's going on and she sees Charlie standing over Arthur's body, gun in hand. Charlie flees. He he runs home, um, back to his mother. Um, And he tells her what she has just done. And then he flees back to Hull. He is just sitting down to dinner that his wife has prepared when two policemen arrive at the door looking for him. His wife in the hallway stalls them. Good. tries to yeah block their path and he flees out the back and into the night <laughs> and it might be time for a little bit of a break oh i think a little, a little christmas drink christmasy beverage going on there yay while uh miss like mrs charlie is flashing her ankle at the policeman yeah absolutely hey <laughs> let's pause for a drink yep. i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on linkedin you'll miss out on great candidates like sandra start hiring professionals like a professional post your free job on linkedin.com people today hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters may 17th Do you want to tell people the big news all right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And we're back. Back again. Back from the snowy lands outside. <laughs> the snowy, the snowy arc. Now, as it's our Christmas episode, when we have a drinks break, normally we just have whatever's in the kitchen or just make more of the original cocktail. But I have brought a couple of extra cocktails yeah. today for Nick. And while our story is not Christmassy, though it takes place over many years, <laughs> yeah. I sort of went off on a tangent and thought, what could I bring that was Christmas themed? And I thought, Lion... Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. <laughs> You've gone with a Narnia vibe. It is Narnia's very Christmassy. And, and, and Father no, well, Richard, although... no, Surprisingly, not Christmassy at all. 
Because no, it's it always winter and Christmas never comes. Father Christmas turns up in the actual Right at book. the very, very end. Yes, he does. I mean, I know it's a whole big thing about Christianity <laughs> and paganism and all of that. But yes, it's never Christmas. You know why it's never Christmas in Narnia? Because the White Witch doesn't like Christmas. Indeed. So this is the White Witch. Oh, the White Witch. <laughs> Nicely done. Now this cocktail... It's very blue. Mm, yeah, mm, <laughs> mm, mm. There were things that you did not have. You did not have. Oh, so it's my fault. <laughs> it's your fault. So this is a recipe. I had to make a couple of adaptations to it. Um, and I will say it does call for a dusting of, of powdered sugar. Yes. Like the snow... You accomplish that on your one. Yours, I was dusting for ages, so yours might be very, very sweet. <laughs> Mine's just a big old lump of ice in there. <laughs> it is supposed to be a longer drink, but you didn't have any sparkling water. Again, my all my fault. Exactly. What kind of bar do you call this? But anyway, let's let's taste it, and I'll talk you through it. Okay. So, cheers, yeah, Merry cheers. Christmas to the White Witch. <laughs> You're just shrugging at me. Not getting a lot of flavour. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Alright, a second sip. Is anything coming through? <laughs> I'm guessing there's blue curacao. Yes, I had to okay, it's not supposed to so be I'm blue. Sure it was meant to be Cointreau, but I, I ran out of it. You that. were like a quarter <laughs> of a part away and I was like, you know what, blue curacao rather than Grand Monnier. Fair enough. So now it's a very, very white witch because she's blue because it's so cold. Yeah. Is there salt in there? No. Got tequila in there? No. I'm assuming there's lime from the bit of lime peel. There we go. Okay, so there's lime. Yes, there's some lime. There's rum. There is white rum. White rum. There is one more thing. There's one more thing that isn't sugar. Mm-mm. I love it when Nick tries a cocktail because he really gets into <laughs> it. I don't know. Creme de cacao. Is there? The white. Yes. The white. I'm, and, not, I'm not picking that up. And it's almost equal parts. Oh, really? So it's one part rum. Yeah. And then I've done half Cointreau, half creme de cacao, Blanc, and half lime. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm get, I can smell the Cointreau. Yeah. But I must admit, I must admit, I'm not... Getting mm, the chocolatey. Can you taste it? A little bit of a chocolatey background, but the lime overpowers it and the yeah. Cointreau. So it's quite nice. I mean, it's perfectly, perfectly it's, pleasant. It's nice, but you wouldn't know there was chocolate in there. No. See, I quite like this because it is a bit of a Christmas whatever's in the cupboard. Whatever's in the cupboard. Now, this recipe actually calls for soda water to top it up. Mm. I think there'd be no flavour left if you had it with soda. No, I think it would ruin it. So it's a lie, but maybe it balances out all of the harshness. Who can say? An interesting one. Well, there we go. Thank you very much for a cocktail. The White Witch. The White Witch. What would that leave us? You found a wardrobe-based cocktail. (laughs) Uh, No, but I (laughs) I found something. (laughs) Slightly terrified, but okay, let's go with it. But we've got got our white witches in hand. First of all, more story. More story first. So, right. So, Charlie's out the window. He's legged it. He is now a hunted man. (gasps) And the police issue the following description. Okay, okay, okay. Charles Peace wanted for murder on the night of the 29th. He is thin and slightly built. From 55 to 65 years of age. Oh, he's getting on now. Five feet four inches or five feet high. Grey, nearly white hair, beard and whiskers. He lacks the use of three fingers of his left hand. Walks with his legs rather far apart. Speaks (laughs) somewhat peculiarly as as if his tongue were too large for his mouth and is a great boaster. He is a picture frame maker. He occasionally cleans and repairs clocks and watches and sometimes deals in oleographs, engravings and pictures. 
He has been in penal servitude for burglary in Manchester. He has lived in Manchester, Salford, Liverpool and Hull. Right, there's a lot. There's a lot going on there, but you know exactly who you're looking for. You do, you also, yeah. because half of his biography is in yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely. The person got carried away. Yes, he is known to picture frame and he does these things. Yeah, absolutely. So he talks peculiarly as if his tongue is too his large for his mouth. His tongue is too large for his mouth, apparently. This is, this is similar to a lot of the descriptions we've heard before, mm. because that weirdly sounded familiar, because people were terrible at describing yeah. people. Yeah. But he walks with his legs very wide apart. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And he's either five foot four or five foot. They can't decide. Five foot, yeah. Five feet four inches or five foot. May as well be five foot. <laughs> the inches but, count. Yeah, from 55 to 60 years of age. He was actually in his early 40s Ooh, at this point. Okay. So they're out by about 10 years Ooh, I mean, on his age. That cuts um, deep. But otherwise, mm, relatively good description. If you see some pictures, yeah, big beardy man. Um, Santa. All that. <laughs> so Charlie sees this description obviously in the paper, and knows they are hunting for him. And he knows he has to change. He has to change his appearance. Mm. Um, he shaves off his beard. No more beard. <laughs> no and he dyes beard. his hair. Then he takes to wearing a false arm to try and conceal his his injured hand. So when did he injure his so hand? So the story goes that actually years and years, and years prior, um, in a shooting accident, it was written that he lost three fingers. Um, in his hand a shooting now, accident he was responsible for yeah there, there is no indication that he was shooting at someone or someone was shooting at him or anything like that it's mm-hmm. just what like i've written about like yeah in an accident with a gun he lost three fingers type <laughs> thing so he was badly loading it or <laughs> oh god knows what but there, there seems someone to be no hit his hand with a gun criminal activity based oh. on that so he takes to wearing a false arm the sort of covers over his his injured arm it was the one-armed man and no one knows who he is in january by 1877 charlie decides that his despite his masterly disguises um hull is getting a bit too dangerous Mm. for him (laughs) there are wanted pictures over those are now a 50 pound reward for his capture he moves to nottingham he moves to nottingham to let things calm down no that's where robin hood lives back home not at the moment he doesn't no the sheriff (laughs) in nottingham he takes a room at a boarding house run by uh, mrs adamson mrs adamson also quite conveniently acts as a fence and a fixer for nottingham's criminal underworld (laughs) that is a good b&b to stumble across isn't it (laughs) absolutely well one would imagine that he he's got connections he knows where to where to yeah. go he's going to stay nope. with his dad and so no he just turned up rang the first doorbell and he said come in stay want some drugs <laughs> so he got really lucky on the first one absolutely <laughs> it was through mrs adamson that he meets uh, mrs susan bailey charlie has stolen a, a box of cigars uh, and mrs adamson has sold them on has fenced them sold them on to susan minus her little commission of course Charlie seems quite struck by Susan. <gasps> She's bold and adventurous and she smokes dramatic. a cigar. She smokes a cigar, Ooh. absolutely. One drunken evening, he declares his love for her by threatening to shoot her if she should reject him. Right. Susan Please. says, fuck off. Oh, thank God. Thank <laughs> God. Susan laughs in his face and tells him to piss off. Entirely nonplussed by this man waving a revolver, going, I'm going to shoot you if you don't love me. Good for her. Yeah. <laughs> and this sort of. Yeah, this attitude only really endears her even more to Charlie. Oh, for that God's she is sake. willing to sort of stand up to his nonsense. There's not um, going to be an enemies to lovers storyline here that anyone will like. Mm, the next day, no. a sober Charlie apologises for his tomfoolery. <gasps> no! The whole thing with the gun. 
And this approach does seem to work rather better with Susan. And she becomes his mistress. (laughs) She is more than happy to live a life. She likes a bit of danger. Oh, she she was fully living out her fantasy. Enemies to lovers. Going for it. I mean, she's married. Not sure where the husband is. Obviously, he's still married. Hmm. Wife in wife in Hull. Um, but oh fuck it. Why the hell not? Um, <laughs> quick shank. Yeah, quick shank. And it turns into a rather longer term thing. Now in Nottingham, Charlie spends much of his time finding new homes to burglarize. Uh, he's able to get back to Hull every now and again to visit his family, but he's still a wanted man. He's still wanted for Arthur's murder. Um, and the reward has gone from 50 to 100 pounds. So it's far too risky to spend much time in Hull. But then his adventures in Nottingham, they're not going unnoticed either. The local police are soon on the trail of this man who has caused the crime rates to spike in the city. Um, all these houses that are now being robbed left, right and centre. Um, <laughs> What's the common denominator here? Yeah, it's they, elves. They eventually track him down to the lodging house where they catch him in bed with Susan. <gasps> no. Absolutely. He gives, he gives his name as John Ward. And he's able to persuade the officers to give them some privacy while they get themselves dressed. At least yes, please, some wait, decorum, wait outside please, the while lady. the lady gets dressed and we, yes. we put to get ourselves together. The police, oh, fine, okay, fine. Uh, the police go outside. Charlie leaps out of the window <laughs> <laughs> and yes, legs mate. it. He runs. Um, this time he realises he needs to disappear for good. Now, uh, he is a wanted man across the north of, uh, of England. He really only has one option, one place to go to try and escape vegas he heads south to london yeah anyone can disappear in london the streets are paved with gold the streets Nick. are paved with gold and you will never be found again <laughs> <laughs> if this builds up that he's jack the ripper <laughs> the timeline's matching up ish i don't know he'd be a very old jack the ripper though, wouldn't he doesn't take long for charlie to establish himself in london really okay he quickly finds his way into the city's underworld and his burglary soon proved profitable enough that he's hmm. able to rent two houses in the fancy borough of Greenwich. Oh. Quite, quite fancy. Oh, and he's got two semi-detached houses, so next to each other. Um, on, so a house. Uh, yes, but it's split into two. So two separate houses, but next to each other. On one side is Charlie and his mistress, Susan. On the other side, he's able to get Hannah, his wife, from what? Hull down mm, there to we live are. in the other house. Does she know? Well, whether she's aware of the arrangements of before she moves, I don't. I don't know. She has to be. Come on now. So, Come on. She's got. She's got a nice house in Greenwich. Yeah. He lives. He's oh. going next door. He can't. They can't no, make that much he's sugar. He's living next door. Oh. He's living next door with Susan. <laughs> right. And the mistress. He's living there. And she's by uh, Hannah's by herself mm. in next door in the house. So she knows the oh, arrangement. She, she, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. She's fine. well aware of the rain. Whether she knows that when she comes down and then gets there and goes, <laughs> "What the fuck?" <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I, I don't know. Come but, down yeah. and live in my house of sex. <laughs> absolutely. It's a very Tim Burton, Helena Bonham Carter kind of arrangement. <laughs> so, yeah. Except that I don't think they had their own lovers in each yeah, house. Probably not. Probably not. Now Greenwich proves a little too refined for Susan. 
Oh, oh, really? Yeah, absolutely. It's not she quite can't her... can't get a cigar anywhere. Yeah, exactly. She can't get a cigar anywhere. It's not quite her usual sort of social circles, really, in Greenwich that she's so she's used to. Are we thinking that Susan's kind of uh, empowered but bold, bawdy? Bawdy, absolutely. Likes to go out a drinking absolutely. and have, singing. Have, yeah, oh, she, she, have a good oh, time. She likes to drink, absolutely. Oh, she, oh, she likes she, to she drink. She likes to drink. She likes a cigar. Mm-mm. She's out there roughhousing and effing and blinding with the rest of them, which is not what ladies do. Is she all of my relatives? <laughs> <laughs> and me. <laughs> so they decide Greenwich is perhaps not for us. So Charlie's there, but I want to be posh. Hannah's there, I want to be posh too. Susan, la 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 la. Singing old show tunes in uh, the street. Yeah, exactly. Where uh, did you get that hat? Where did you get that tie? Please, this is the opera. So they all move into a single house together in Peckham. Uh, oh, oh, oh how horrible yeah now i mean of course he's he's not using the name charlie pierce at this time charlie pierce is a wanted man charlie yeah. pierce does not exist in london he is a mr john thompson susan the mistress is mrs thompson hannah is the relative living next door on his charity his actual wife is a relative wow who he's supporting that is that is a <laughs> nasty nasty yeah. setup there yeah. <sighs> You'd hope that Hannah was like, yep, fuck it. Fuck I don't it. care. Yeah. Don't care. Give me a goddamn house. Give me a Whoever house. Whoever you want to shag, I get a house out yeah. of it. But uh, it's more likely she's probably sitting there going, okay, oh, yeah. okay. Now, Mr. Thompson is the pillar of the community. <laughs> In highly, <laughs> highly respected. He is a man with independent income. He doesn't have to work. Occasionally, he supplements it by dealing in musical instruments. Other people's musical instruments, mainly. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, he absolutely, he is a most respectable, respectable man. Sir, I've come to buy a cello. That's a bassoon. <laughs> the only slight fly in the ointment, really, is Susan. Mm, she she seems like a woose. She's a loose cannon. Loose she's, cannon. A, she's a woose wannon. She's a woose wannon. <laughs> she, she can't speak. She's so drunk. So yeah, she she's down the pubs, necking back the gin, telling all these stories about times back in... Uh, back in the north and things like that. And Charlie's going, no, no, no. Shush yourself. You are Mrs. Thompson. We are living a new respectable life down here. All right. When I press down on your foot and say, hello, Mr. T- Mrs. Thompson, you smile and nod. <laughs> yeah. So it's not doing particularly well. In 1878, Charlie has a, a close call with his past. Just seemingly by weird chance, a Yorkshire policeman was visiting London. And he recognises Charlie in the street. Is he PC Cox's like long, long lost brother? <laughs> Absolutely. Out for revenge? Maybe so. Now the policeman recognises Charlie as this wanted man um, and gives chase. But Charlie knows the streets and he manages to lose um, Ooh, the, the policeman good. in the crowd. But now the word is out. Charlie is in London. They know where he is. Another brain. <gasps> Another drink? Another drink. Oh, I'm too, I'm, I'm on tenterhooks now. <laughs> all right, all right. A final drink final for drink. a final Christmas. And I think it's going to be one you may enjoy, Nick. Mm. So we'll see you in a minute. We'll see you in a bit. And we're back. Yeah, and I'm terrified. <laughs> so for our final drink this evening. You know, I've still got to read more words yet. You do. Okay. And it's not obligatory that you drink all of it, <laughs> but I wanted to make something and I was looking up, okay, if it was going lion, the witch and the wardrobe, yeah. I got stuck on wardrobe. Okay. 
And yep. I was thinking, okay, wardrobe, and I googled wardrobe cocktails. I googled closet cocktails. I I googled armoire uh, cocktails, credenza, <laughs> cupboard, coat rack, everything. <laughs> Couldn't get anything immediately, yeah. and and anything that came up was something so dodgy that I was like, no. But then I thought, okay, if we're doing Narnia, which has nothing to do with this story, <laughs> but if you were doing the wardrobe, what was in the wardrobe? Some fur coats. Yes. Now we had a fur coat in the. Past? We have had something like that, yes. But I found a variation. Okay. A mink coat oh. and no manners, this one is called. <laughs> okay, like it. But let's go with the English version. Mink coat, no knickers. Mink coat, no <laughs> knickers. Yep, like it. And that one contained but two ingredients. Oh, oh it's going to be shotty, isn't it? We have some tequila. Oh. But as it's Christmas, oh God. the other ingredient was, of course... A mince pie. <laughs> chartreuse. <laughs> Ooh, tequila and chartreuse. Mm-hmm. Now this and you've is gone with a yellow Nick, chartreuse. This is the problem that I had earlier, Nick. Because where is your green chartreuse? Oh God! Right. Okay. I did not. I could not find green chartreuse. It's supposed to be green chartreuse, and it's supposed to be frozen. Couldn't find it, and I was standing going, "This is yellow. I'm almost certain it's yellow." But it doesn't say yellow on the bottle. It just looks yellow. But the whole point of this is it's a floated drink. So you pour okay. in the chartreuse first because it's been frozen. It's, yes. So the reason I'm holding up this bottle is that I have secretly have put this secretly in, frozen. The, in, in the freezer, not knowing where the green chartreuse was. <laughs> and you're supposed to put the green chartreuse in first and then float the tequila on top. Okay. So we have the yellow chartreuse. Okay. But we could use the green chartreuse. So I'm thinking that... I'm, let's, let's try the yellow. Yeah. You've frozen the yellow. The reason that you freeze the yellow is that of course the chartreuse is not going to freeze but it's going to thicken yeah so the viscosity will go down so you can float the tequila on top i'm intrigued to see you do this <laughs> and this is why i want to do it live in front of nick because i think if i tried it in the kitchen <laughs> all mystery would be uh, re- removed so this is a bit live there may be some cuts in here while um, yeah, nick kills no, me i'm gonna have to, uh, have to so, observe this okay so let's try it with the yellow now what's the difference between the yellow and the green nick there also the green is it's generally stronger um it is more herbaceous the yellow is a bitch. Three quarters. That's an awful lot. It says so. It says three and three. Three quarters and three quarters. So I can do it less if you want. <laughs> yours can have less in it. You can do half and half on yours. Yeah, if let's, you do, want. let's do a half and let's half. Let's do half and half because I didn't think this through clearly when I poured. <laughs> All right, let's start with it. So we got there and it is a lot thicker. Now I'm pouring it. Is, it is, yeah, it is. Absolutely. These are tiny little sherry glasses. Now, how would... It doesn't say how one floats. Well, generally, you would pour it over the back of a spoon. So, because if you pour it straight in, obviously the, the the force of the pour is directed into a single stream, which is right. going to go through. So you pour it over the the back of a spoon, so it spreads more evenly out. Okay, so we're going to try that now. I'm going to do the half one first. <laughs> so what I would say yep. is put the the spoon okay. into the glass. Okay. So I've got again. a bar spoon here. Yep. Back, uh, so so other way around, yeah. So nope, that way, the other way around. That's it. So with the back facing up, yes, not the dippy bit, the not hump, the dippy, the, the yep. hump. <laughs> right. facing up, and push it against the side of the glass. Okay, so the edge of that, push it up against the side. Sorry, sorry, you I'm do explaining it. This You're really, explaining really this badly. badly. Okay, just that's like literally that. what I did. <laughs> okay, so Nick's holding the spoon. So we're now going to see if, if the tequila floats there, very, very gently. Very slowly. Has it, it has. It has. Can't really tell. All right, Nick, you need to take a picture oh, of yes, that. Oh, yes, it really has. So there you go. We'll take a picture quickly. Okay, one sec. Definite layering. There is definite layering. 
You can see that. That's very exciting. That is very beautiful. I love tequila. Nick loves chartreuse. So I thought this was a match made okay. in heaven. Yours is smaller. Mine is much bigger. Why did I do this? You are not going to be able to walk. <laughs> a mink coat. No knickers. Mink, mink coat, no knickers. No manners. All right. Okay. You want to try it, Nick? So what are we doing with this? We sip it. No, you can't sip it because all you're going to get is tequila. Oh, do we have to get down one? It's a, it, yeah, if you want it. It's I a, had not read that far. Because if you, if you drink that, you're just going to get tequila and then drink the tequila and then you're going to get the chartreuse. It's a tequila shot that's ready to it's go. It's a out. shot. Oh, shit. Shit. <laughs> I swear, <laughs> Nick, I did not think this through. This is, this is a shot. So come on, It's then. Christmas. It's Christmas. Oh, my God. I've got okay. to work tomorrow. And this is the first time we've ever done shots. It is. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone. Oh, God. Christ. Okay. Well, that's actually really good. It's really good. <laughs> oh my god! Ooh. Oh, oh my god, that's so good. That's really. <laughs> that's that's really good. I'm so. I did not expect that to be a no. shot. Did not read on. My god, that works. That's lovely. The frozen, the cold. Uh, chartreuse that's dangerous Nick we're gonna do so many of those at some point right okay I really need to invest in more chartreuse oh and the yellow I'm glad it was the yellow uh, yeah, chartreuse I'm, I'm intrigued by all that would be like the green because the green is stronger <laughs> that's such a good shot that's nice and we just <laughs> first shot down in one yeah on the poisonous cabinet for yeah, Christmas done that. nice a marriage mm-hmm. made in heaven Nick like it like it like the two of us right yes now I'm seeing everything in triplicate okay <laughs> before it really kicks in let's bring it home what on earth is going on with Charles well quite where was I what's going on <laughs> he got some chartreuse he got some chartreuse and he put it all over his he- He's, he's out the window, isn't he? He's running out. Running, running, running. The hunt is now on for Charlie Pierce across London. <laughs> However, over in Blackheath, they have their own issues to worry about. Okay. There has been a massive surge in burglaries in Blackheath. Oh. And they are hunting down the elusive Blackheath burglar. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't got time to go looking for this Charlie chappy. None of that. They've got their own manhunt underway. <laughs> now, the Blackheath police patrols, they have been increased massively to try and combat this mystery thief. Then one night, one of the patrols catches sight of a light appearing in a back window. Like a torchlight. Oh, okay. Someone's shining around the place. It's two in the morning. Two of the police officers keep watch at the back while another goes to the front and rings the bell. The Blackheath burglar flees the building straight into the arms of the two waiting policemen. Out comes the revolver and he begins shooting. Four shots go wide. The fifth wounds an officer in the arm. Um, and before he manages to get off the sixth shot, the injured officer rushes and tackles him to the ground. The Blackheath burglar has been caught. Of course, they, at this time, they have no idea. They have also apprehended a wanted murderer, Charlie Pierce. They just think, we've got the burglar. Yay, we've Yay! got the burglar. Now, when he's back in, uh, back at the police station, the Blackheath burglar gives his name as John Ward. Yes, John Ward. So John Ward, Ooh. the name he he used when he was up um, the other at, the, at the boarding house. Absolutely. <laughs> I think that. While from prison, Charlie writes to one of his friends, a chap called Henry Bryan, asking him to go and check on his family, make sure they're okay, make sure they get out of London. And he signs the, the letter John Ward, then the name he's given to the police. However... To add to the massive confusion, Henry Bryan has no idea who John Ward is. Right. He knows John Thompson, 
the upstanding London gentleman. Um, oh. John Ward. Who the fuck's John Ward? This yeah, chap. Yeah. And the letter has come from a police station. What the hell's going on here? I'll scrunch this up and Well, no, Henry in. goes to the police station. He goes there going, I've received this letter from this man asking for me for his help. I have no idea who this man is. And then this John Ward is brought out. You're not fucking John Ward. You're John Thompson. What the hell's going on? Mm. And I mean, Henry has no desire to get involved in any sort of this sort of shenanigans with the police. <laughs> um, and he tells them, "Well, no, I thought this man was John Thompson. Uh, he's got a wife who lives over in Peckham. Uh, <laughs> oh, good <laughs> all this." And he tells him everything that he knows about John Thompson. John is standing there going, "Why did I why, write to you? What you were wise? I write to you. Shut up! Shut up!" Shut up. The police are now on the trail of Mrs. Thompson, uh, Susan. They have more than enough to convict John Ward, the Blackheath burglar, of all the burglaries there and the attempted murder of a police officer. And they do so. And he is sentenced to life imprisonment for his crimes. Um, But as the investigations continue... They know there is still a hell of a lot more going on here that we don't know about. They realise there are more secrets than things Ooh. that need to be uncovered. So they continue their their hunt and they eventually they do track down Susan and Hannah. As soon as the police knock on the door, Susan is ready to say anything to save her own skin. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. She, John she could Ward, never be trusted, could she? John Thompson, he's, he's Charlie Peace, he's... From the north, he's wanted for murder, all this sort of stuff. Um, she wasn't his wife. Hannah's his wife. I'm not his wife. She's married to him, which is a real stupid thing for her to for her to do because Hannah cannot be convicted of she anything. She can't uh, testify because, against her husband. Yeah, and also she can't be convicted, can't be tried for anything if it has been done under the order of her husband. If her oh. husband has instructed her to hide these stolen things or go and fence these stolen things, she can't be tried because mm. it's her husband's responsibility. But Susan's absolutely, an idiot, Yeah, absolutely. Though. She's saying all this stuff to try and get out of trouble, not realising <laughs> that she's proving, providing a perfect alibi or perfect excuse for, for Hannah to get off scot-free. Not even to the police as well. well you know, she's just like, it was them, it was her <laughs> next door, he's been doing this. Yeah. I'm a Jehovah's Witness. Mm. Have you heard about the Lord? Now, they know, Christ, have we actually caught jo- Charlie Pierce? Have, have we caught this wanted murderer well, yeah one of the most notorious criminals in britain absolutely the so they know they need probably more to prove that it's him than susan's word <laughs> um, but it, <laughs> they can't really rely on that so a manchester detective who knows charlie by sight um is is brought down to newgate prison to identify him the detective as soon as he walks into the prison yard the t- detective says yeah it's him <laughs> that one over there that's charlie peace charlie is sent back up to sheffield to stand trial for the murder of arthur dyson finally now arthur's widow kathleen by this point she had returned to america after the death of her husband she is more than happy to return to the uk nice. to cross the atlantic to witness the man who had ruined her life brought to justice at long last now she is the first witness called at his trial which starts on the 17th of january 1879 the evidence that she gives is damning their relationship that the, all the past and the history that has gone on between them charlie sits there and goes oh fuck <laughs> <laughs> he he must realize by this point he is destined for he's he's gonna yeah hang. you've got your comeuppance now charlie really has now charlie because charlie has been has been sentenced to life imprisonment for his other crimes he is actually between hearings he is transferred back and forth from london to newgate prison and and back again on one of the trips back to sheffield to carry on the trial he makes an escape attempt right from the train he's on the train and he fakes a 
terrible stomach illness. Of course. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Now, this requires the two guards to constantly go back and forth with to the bathroom with him because he's he's in such he's in such a state now eventually they get really pissed off and tired um of escorting him to the bathroom every five bloody minutes so they're gonna leave him there no they're not gonna accompany him no so what they decide to do they one of the station stops they decide we're gonna get a load of bags we get a load of bags if he needs to go to the bathroom he's gonna shit in the bag (laughs) we'll throw the bag out the window oh god we don't have to go anywhere which i'm not sure which is preferable really but they think that's the better plan. Right. Uh, fair enough. Okay. So they decide to do that. On w- one of these occasions, Charlie has feigned a, a, a bout of diarrhea or such like. Um, and as the guard ghost opens the window to chuck this bag out, mm. Charlie leaps for the window <laughs> as well. Dives Tries through. to throw himself out of a moving train. Now, he gets halfway out the window before the guards realise what the hell's happening. Now, one of them is grappling with him, grabbing his legs, trying to pull him back into the train. Mm. The other one is shouting for a conductor to stop the train. Mm. Now, eventually, Charlie manages to wiggle free. Yeah. And he actually falls out of the, out of the, out of the train. Eventually, the train comes to a stop about a mile down the track or so. And the two guards get out and they rush back to where they think Charlie has made his escape. Mm. They find him unconscious on the ground he's fallen head first out of a moving train onto gravel it's not done him well his massive wound in his head bleeding and he's lying there unconscious alive but very much unconscious (laughs) now the trial resumes on the 30th of january and despite the stacks of evidence against him charlie's solicitor he's really going for it and he manages a quite a fierce defense Hmm. charlie is already serving a life sentence so the idea now is to get him off the gallows to yeah. Move, to yeah to keep him there the idea now is to keep him off the gallows the main line of defense was to claim that kathleen and and charlie had been in a relationship this was all entirely uh, consensual oh, right. between the two of them arthur had attacked charlie mm. out of jealousy that charlie and kathleen had this were carrying out this affair and the killing had been in self-defense right. it was not premeditated it was entirely self-defense spare of the moment uh. He, the lawyer did manage to establish that the two had probably been closer than Kathleen would have liked to have admitted. Of course, of they, course, they, they there were. was something going on there. Yeah, but the evidence, the vicar, the vicar was brought up to court. The, the one who, who Charlie went to to provide this evidence of sin. I've done some sketches. <laughs> I've done some sketches. Of what I think was happening. <laughs> all the people in the pub who was boasting about his marvelous, clever ideas too. Mm. They all came and gave evidence. And this was clear evidence of premeditation. This man had planned to go there mm. and commit these crimes. It took the jury 10 minutes to come <laughs> back and find Charlie guilty of murder. It's not even snack time. No, absolutely. It's just get in there, close the door, sit down, guilty, out again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Any, anyone got... Any, and no one wants a round no, of sandwiches. No one wants anything. No. The death sentence is inevitable. Well. Now, while he is waiting for his sentence to be carried out, Charlie confesses to the murder of PC Nicholas Cock. Oh, PC Cock! PC Cock got justice. Committed three years earlier. Now William Habron is still in jail for the for the murder. Uh, William is released, (gasps) and he is given eight hundred pounds in compensation for his unjust time in prison. It's a Christmas miracle. Now at Charlie's execution, Kathleen spoke to a journalist. Ooh, okay. She said. The place to which the wicked go is not bad enough for him. 
I think its occupants, bad as they might be, are too good to be where he is. No matter where he goes, I am satisfied there will be hell. Not even a Shakespeare could adequately paint such a man as he has been. It's good. I. Uh, it's flawed. <laughs> I feel like she was really building up to this. She oh, yeah. had her moment. She had her and moment. And she planned that out. And that's there's like there's a lot of geography in there. <laughs> just saying, just the, the first line and the last line, perfect, yeah. perfect. Yeah, woman. absolutely. Stick stick with that. You went on too far. <laughs> the life and times of Charlie Pierce. Oh my God! Marvelous story. Well, what a moral tale for what a Christmas quite, Eve. Absolutely. <laughs> Great story. <laughs> Ooh, if he's a cat burglar, he hit everything. That had a lot of drama. Had a lot circuses. of drama. It had lions, had lions and tigers and bears, oh my. No, it didn't have any tigers and no bears. No tigers and bears. That was my one fault with it. It didn't uh, have tigers and bears. Great story, Nick. Oh my God. How have we not told this story I know, before? Right. <laughs> you still come across, every now and again, you come across this one. How did I not know about this? It's mad. <laughs> it is. Opening up the internet and then the internet goes, no, in your face. Charlie was a shit. He was a shit. Absolutely. He both. was a shit. He'd obviously had a hard life. Hard life is uh, a background. No, yeah. it's a background like his dad had, had died in a young age and uh, misfortune, and he'd been injured. Yes. You don't have a lot of options for you work don't. if you're not of a certain class. True, true. Meh. But obviously, he I mean he was very good at what he what he put his hand to. He was very good. So when mm. he did his locksmithing and lockpicking, he was very good. He chose to employ it in a underhand criminal way. He was a very talented Shocking. musician. He decided that's ah, not enough for me. But he if you're a- not of a certain class, then you wouldn't yep. get the gigs playing for Valerie. No, fair. No, absolutely fair enough. But he was a very talented. He was very good at his picture framing, and people made yeah, a which perfect- you keen to seem to hang on to. <laughs> but people make a perfectly respectable living <laughs> out of that. Respectable, but it was it was never enough for Charlie. He always he was never going to be like a superstar framer. <laughs> so he always seemed to want more and want the easy way out, which was. Just robbing people. <laughs> Greed, the greatest poison of yeah, them all. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely very greedy. Very greedy for all things. And not yeah, only money, but and money, ladies. But the ladies and... And attention. Yes. Attention. Absolutely. But they're not a very long attention span, apparently. <laughs> absolutely so. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, what do you think, people? What do you think of the story of Charlie Peace? What do you think of all of his pseudonyms? <laughs> what do you think of his women, of his ways, of his father's lion-taming days? Oh, I've made that rhyme. Yeah. <laughs> Should, shouldn't have stopped there. I should have carried on. Tell us what you think. Jump on the comments of this episode and share your thoughts, your theories about his story, about who were the greatest criminals in this. It's definitely Charlie. Mm. But what would you what would you wear if you were a lion tamer <laughs> with one leg? Sparkly leotard, obviously. Sparkly leotard. Would you make a feature out of the leg? Well, I think some sort of wooden leg would have to be in order. Yeah. Otherwise, it's not going to end well. Well, it didn't end well anyway. Well, this is very <laughs> but most importantly, you must mix up the selection of drinks the, the we many, have had. many, many cocktails. The middle one. So we started with I can't the White Lion. We started with the White Lion. Which was that perfectly was lovely. Perfectly lovely. Absolutely. That was very good. The White Witch. White Witch. Mm, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm not sure I'll be having one of them again, to be honest. It wasn't bad. It just it wasn't, wasn't bad, great. But didn't, or didn't, even good. Yeah. No, indeed. It had good ingredients and then the, the whole dusting of powdered sugar, which for snow was nothing. That was a lot of admin. Yes. So, yeah, not exciting. But then the the mink coat, no knickers. <laughs> Bloody marvellous. <laughs> ah. bring, bring on those. 
Yep, if you need shots on Christmas Day, buy Chartreuse now. and tequila is the way forward. Who would have thunk it? Who would have thunk it? It is us in a Art shot. In a glass. It's the two things. <laughs> by now, you should have green chartreuse or yellow chartreuse, whatever chartreuse you have, and you should have some tequila. Put the chartreuse in the freezer for a bit. Trust me, it will. And it, you know what? It's I, really good. It really does. It does the flavour a little bit. Good. It's nice. And layering it, it's beautiful do it it's christmas <laughs> what a joy we have had today we hope wherever you are you are having a fantastic christmas and keep enjoying it all the way through next week we are taking a break from the main episode back in 2023 yeah. but there's plenty happening on patreon if you can't live without your poisonous cabinet fix for a week consider joining us on patreon please leave us an apple itunes review and thank you thank you so much to everyone who has left us beautiful reviews on apple itunes this month and the months before we really really appreciate it have a very merry christmas and keep sending us suggestions of new stories and new things we can do in 2023 thanks for listening guys we have been the people inside the poisoner's cabinet we will see you in 2023 and remember your loved ones are trying to kill you Happy